0: All right, all right. All right. I think we're going to go ahead and get started then. Thanks everybody for doing that. Any Royals fans in the house tonight? Oh, I applaud you, spiritual giants, for being here. Way to go. That's great. I have. Um, I was stopped in the hallway, I think, four times just by people saying, "Hey, what, when are you going to give a score update?" You know, whatever that kind of thing. One guy said, "Downstairs we are just watching the game, right on the screens." You know. So anyway. Um, hey, let me, uh, let me pray. Or actually, let me give you give these announcements really quick, and then we'll pray, and then we'll dive in. Uh, so your take-home cards are on your uh, sheets there in the center of your table, so you can grab one of those on your way out. Again, if you're newer to D6, this is just our way of trying to help you, um, give you tools to be able to carry on the conversation at home. You'll notice that tonight we're starting a new virtue. Uh, it's an awesome virtue. I think particularly this time of year, it has a lot of momentum, is uh, the virtue of gratitude. So we'll be talking about gratitude for our last three weeks of D6 here. And um, notice you've got uh, family memory verse there Is First Thessalonians 5.18. It says, give thanks no matter what happens. God wants you to thank him because you believe in Jesus Christ. So awesome verse just to get tucked away in your kids' hearts. And then last announcement, I just want to remind you. Uh, whoops. Uh, We've got the CD for sale. This is awesome. I actually, confession, I'm kind of regretting this CD because I had one of the tunes in my mind for like three days, and I can't get it out, and it's... uh it's not annoying, um, but it's still there. Oh, that's all I'll say. But the, the reason why it's there is because it's catchy, and your kids will get it, and it's a verse of scripture. It's John 16:33 is in my head over and over and over and over, and that's because Rob put it to music in a cool way. So anyway, five bucks might be just a great thing to pop into your car. So that's that. Let me pray, and uh, then we'll, we'll dive in heavenly father thank you for tonight I thank you for these parents that have gathered uh, once again just to get equipped and empowered and encouraged to, to really thrive on the spiritual front at home so Lord thanks for bringing us together it's a real privilege and uh, Lord we just want to ask that you would speak to us tonight we pray that we would leave here tonight and having really sensed a, a clear word from you so God thanks for your grace and your mercy and uh, Lord thanks for your presence thanks that you know every single person here and God you um, you know what you have for us um, but you also know know what you have um, for our families, and um, so God, we, we bring them to you tonight and just say, God, we, we lay them before you, our kids, and, and um, we say, uh, lead us, God, help us uh, however you would tonight, so we pray that in Christ's name, amen. Well, uh, I want to put up this question here, and you should have an orange card at your table, orange card like this. I want you to write an answer to that question. Here it is. In one word how would you describe parenting right now for you in one word, okay? You don't have to lie. Uh, remember, our value here is no perfect parents, and so be honest. What's the one word you would use to describe parenting for you right now? Okay? Be honest, all right? And then we're going to, um, don't have to put your name on it. Don't put your name on it, um, but go ahead and just write that, that down real quick here. All right, if you want to just pass those to one person at your table, that would be great. And then if a couple guys could pop up and collect those and just bring them up to me, that would be great. If you could just help me out in that way. Thanks. Thank you. Awesome. So yeah, just raise up the cards and guys will come by and grab them. Thanks. Thanks, sir. to direct your attention now to, uh, to the screen over here. I'm going to show you just a short video, and then we're actually going to kind of go back to these cards. Um, but I want to show you the short video. This is kind of a teaching uh, tool, kind of a teaching tip video uh, by a guy named a- Andy Andrews. Uh, he's an author. You may have, have heard of some of his writings, but Christian guy. got some great wisdom on parenting. We may do some other stuff with some of his videos in the future, too. But I want to show you this video, and then we'll jump into a question on it, and then uh, we'll kind of turn a corner with these cards after that. Okay? So yeah, take a look.
1: We take children, little kids, and we're very light-handed with them because they're kids. And, and, and when they're four years old and they're yelling in a restaurant, and, you know, it's, it's like they of kids. I mean, it's just a child. And, and when somebody gives us a dirty look on the airplane and the six-year-old is crying or pouting or, you know, kicking the seat, most of us, we, we go, well, you know, what do you expect? It's just a child. It's just a child. You know, we ought to let these kids be kids and, and enjoy their childhood, and, and it's just a child. But then as they get a little older, you know, they get, you know, they get to 10 or 11. We begin to tighten up on them, all right? Our, our, our control, then we, we tighten up because we know, hey, he's 10 years old. He shouldn't be doing this stuff. And so, so we tighten up a little. Then we tighten up a little more when they're 12 and when they're 13. And they're 14, you know, around 13 or 14, people start telling us, well, there you go. There you go. You're fixing to be in for it now because you're entering these teen years and, you know, they get real rebellious, real persnickety, and they don't want to hear anything from you. And, and so, but here you go. Well, you, you're ready for it. And so what you do, you tighten up a little more because now you, you're, you're able to reason with them a little bit. And you go, hey, you know, dude, you're, you're 13. I mean, seriously, you're You're 13. What's what? And, and then they turn 14 and 15. And at 15, we go, hey. You're 15 years old. What? What were you thinking that you did? You're, and then 16, 17. And then at 17, it's like you, you're about to leave home. I, and I, I can't believe that you're. And, and so you will stay in your. And and we really tighten up as they get 16 and 17 because we know. This this person's about to leave home and go out into society, and we can sense, we can we can tell, they're not ready to move. And we hear these conversations. I, you know, I don't know, if the, if he's ready to move out on his own. I can't, I can't believe. And we're tightening up, of course, because we're tightening up. Man, they're pulling away they, because they're like, you never used to treat me like this. And now you're just like hammering me and you never used to drink. So they don't want anything to do with us. When they do get a chance to leave, they're gone. And they're not remotely prepared to live life as an adult. And not only are they not prepared, our relationship with them is not good. Now, this is what most people do and it makes logical sense that you treat a child like a child and that you would you would get a little tougher as they grow older and begin to more to understand more. that makes logical sense it's just wrong all right because here is what works what works is to remember we're not trying to raise great kids our purpose as parents, is to raise children who will become great adults. Therefore, the tight area, that, that the controlling area, the time that we really watch things, that, that we, we dictate things, is when they're very young okay? Because not only are we able to dictate to them because they're very young, but we're protecting them. We're watching very closely and remembering that our purpose is to raise a child who will be a great adult. So we don't look at at this temper tantrum when they're six years old on an airplane. We don't look at this and go, He's just a kid. What we do, since our purpose is to raise a child who will become a great adult, what we look at that temper tantrum at a six year old, we look at that and we say, how does that look on the first job? How does that look at 16 when this, this kid has a car and is by himself? How does that look in the boardroom? How does that look in the college dorm room? See." We start to look at behaviors, and that's where we get with them and, and we make sure. So you, you hammer them when they're little. You, you mold them and shape them when they're moldable and shapeable. Take them when they're little and really work with them and insist and make sure and watch carefully. But then when they get to be about 10, 11, 12, then we back off a little bit and we're able to kind of watch and see what happens there and and, and see that self-discipline start to take place and then around 15, 16, 17 we should be able to just back off almost completely. We're there as a safety net but we're watching and we're still having a lot of conversations but there's not a lot of, you will go to your room, you're grounded for a month. What in the world? What, What were you thinking? There's not a lot of that. Okay. And because of that, we're able to relax. There is calm in our house. They love us. We're, We're becoming more friends than we ever were. And we know we have prepared a young person to go out into the world as an adult. And when they go, they're sorry to leave us because they love us, respect us, and the relationship is great totally opposite from what most people think. But it works.
0: He, um, He made a statement in there, and I just want to give us just a minute just to discuss this statement, but here it is. Let's put that up. It says, he said, we are not trying to raise good kids our purpose is to raise children who will become great adults. Um, I heard that and I thought, wow, that's, that's like a mission statement almost for parenting, right? It's great. Um, so I want you just to take maybe two or three minutes and just discuss this question. How does this, that top phrase, how does this impact the way we think about parenting in the younger years? Um, so go ahead and just have somebody just be great, just start the discussion at your table. But that top statement or anything else from that video that kind of stuck out to you, How does that impact the way that you think about parenting uh, in the younger years? So yeah, go ahead.
1: Hopefully that um, was
0: helpful just in thinking about uh, the importance of what happens when your kids are are really, really young. so hey, I want to read this um, this passage to you this is uh, from deuteronomy chapter six and this is really where we get our basis as you know for d six and it really supports this idea of the significance of what you do with your kids when they're young is hugely, hugely important. So let me just read this to you, and these are familiar words if you've been in d D6 for a while um, or you've been a Christian for a while. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And here's the, the verse that I wanted to point out. He says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, all, all that. Um, and then he says, these commandments that I give you today, put these on your hearts, meaning don't just kind of, it's not, don't be flippant about this. This is the greatest thing that you could teach your kids. Um, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind. And then he says this, impress them on your heart." Children, You know, I just thought I reread that again today and I thought, wow, there it is again. It's this whole idea of, don't, it doesn't say impress them on your young adults, you know, um, doesn't say impress them on your grandparents. It's, man, it's going straight to this whole important thing of our kids. And so I just want that to be an encouragement to you. We're going to kind of go a different direction the second half of our night. But kind of going with that video, I just want to encourage you. I know many of you, you're taking some awesome steps of just being intentional, maybe for the first time on the spiritual front, or maybe you've been doing it for a long time, but honestly, you're a little discouraged and and maybe kind of fallen out of some habits or whatever. And um, I just wanted that to be an encouragement to you, that just a reminder, it was good for me to hear that again, particularly when I think about our thirdborn, um, uh, are we are we very, very intentional um, straight through um, with, with all our kids in that. So, uh, okay, I want to transition here. Lots of transitions tonight. So just hang. I felt like you needed them if you were distracted by uh, the baseball thing going on. So, um, <laughs> so if you take out your white sheet now, Uh, Here's where we're going next. Next week, uh, Pastor Steve is going to be with us, and he's going to be answering questions. Uh, Becky can't be with us, but she's going to see all these questions, and he's going to speak on her behalf. So you can write a question to Becky, uh, and she'll get that as well. But Steve's going to be with us just doing a Q&A. So we um, had Steve early on, Pastor Steve early on this semester, and we said we're going to bring him back in week 7 or week 8, and uh, and so that'll be next week. So I want to give you just a few minutes here just to write down any questions you might have. It could be on marriage, it could be on a very specific thing dealing with parenting, uh, it could be on finance, whatever you would want to from a guy that's been walking with God for a long, long time, uh, he'd say, I'm not an expert on everything, um, but he's got a lot of wisdom, and so uh, I cherish his his insights. And so if you um, would take just, I'm going to give you like three or four or five minutes to do this, just take some time, think through one or two just thoughtful questions that, that you would have. And we'll kind of clump those together and do different categories and get those to him. And then next week, uh, he'll be here to answer uh, some of those questions. So I'll stop talking and, yeah, go ahead and write.
1: Alright, looks like about everybody's done,
0: so uh, thanks for doing that. You can just take those right now and just put them in that tin in, in the center of your table. Um, if you want to hang on to it, actually, and write some more as we go, you sure can tonight. But at the end of the night, just put in that tin, leave it here, and, uh, and we'll go ahead and get them. Okay, I want to um, talk to you about these cards for a second that you filled out. Uh, so the question again was, in one word, how would you describe where you're at in parenting right now? How does, um, excuse me, how does parenting... How does it feel to you? And um, I, made, I put these into two stacks for a reason. The first stack, there's 15 of them, and the first stack is positive. There's 15, OK? The second stack is full of 75-ish, and they're negative. Um, let, me, uh, let me read a couple of them to you. I like this one. Grrrrrrr. <laughs> That's all it says. Difficult, Yeah, um, Chaotic, tiring, terrible, stressful, clamor, busy, stressful, frustrating, wacky, challenging, challenging, a marathon, it's hard, it's challenging, it's exhausting, it's hard, it's stressful, Challenging, 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 (laughs) humbling, unorganized, crazy, intense, chaos, it's trying, it's challenging, (laughs) it's repetitive, I saw that one a lot too, that was interesting, yeah, I got some, yeah, it's nagging, it's in transition, challenging, frustrating, stressful, grueling, overwhelming, tiring, I'm learning, it's crazy, it's exhausting, it's consuming, I haven't started over. Challenging. Yeah. Challenging, I think, was in there over 20 times. Um, tonight, what I want to do is this. I um, First of all, if you're in this category, God bless your heart, you know? <laughs> you should stand and come on up front and we'll, we'll learn for you. No, really, it's okay if you're in this category, because there are seasons where it is straight up joyful, you know? it is rewarding it is casual it is fulfilling it's awesome it's enjoyable it's fun it's laid back it's fun it's entertaining so it's okay to be here right um, but i'll be honest with you and this talk wasn't planned for tonight but <clears throat> the last several weeks i went from thinking i should do this talk sometime on on this whole idea of The challenges, you know, and that went from oh, that's maybe a good idea to I felt compelled to after last week. I actually said to a family as they were leaving, maybe it was last week or the week before. I said, "I'm going to talk about what you're dealing with, you know, because you're not you're not alone at all in in that." So, so tonight we're going to dive into this this topic of what does it mean when you feel like oh, it's it's really hard. Um, Sorry, I get emotional because. Sometimes it gets hard, you know? And that's, that's, no, uh, that's nothing that, that our families avoid of, uh, I would say, at all. Um, there have been some, some huge you know, challenges that we've faced, even recently, just going, wow, it's really hard. Um, I was talking to a guy in the hallway today, just here around the building. And I won't say his name, because I told him I wouldn't. But you'll be able to figure it out. Uh, um, no, you probably won't. But he has young kids, and, and it wasn't Tim. Um, uh, <laughs> But he said, what are you speaking on tonight? And I said, I'm speaking on perseverance. And, and he said, he goes, oh, and he started laughing. And, and he said, that's a good one. He said, because I think as parents, oftentimes, you just feel like throwing in the towel, you know, and I was a godly guy, you know. Um, so I want to speak tonight to you about this uh, word. Here it is, perseverance. Um, perseverance means this. It means steadfast in doing something despite difficulty, or delay in achieving success. So perseverance is having this steadfastness. Um, Perseverance another, look it up in the thesaurus, you'll get words like uh, being determined, um, uh, having tenacity, determination, persistence. But it's this idea, I'm going to be persistent uh, in doing something despite the fact that it's hard. Despite the fact that there are going to be times where I'm just going to go, wow, is this really worth all the effort? You know, that kind of thing. Is Real quick, has anyone ever hid in their home from their children? <laughs> I did that about a week ago. And I thought, and I, I hid behind a door in our, like, we have a, a bathroom at the, the end of our house in the top well. And, and I hid behind the door from the, from the four-year-old tyrant. and. Um, <laughs> And it was just him and I home. And I mean, I was hiding and praying and thinking. And, and, and he walked in and he was like, he was really upset and he was crying. And, and you know the crack in the door, obviously, you know? And so all of a sudden he's looking around and he's, you know, he's, he's upset because he can't find me too. It's been a while. And, um, and then he put his finger through the crack and he touched my leg, you know? And, I was like, ah, I started laughing, you know, and whatever, but it's hard, isn't it? You know, there are times where you just want to hide, right? So uh, tonight what I want to do is this. I want to talk about how do you persevere? Um, When it gets tough, what, like, tangibly, what do you do? do? Um, So I want to give you six things. I don't know if we'll get through them all, but we'll, we'll try. So if you're taking notes... Um, Here's the first one. This is kind of a Bible study on perseverance is is sort of what we're doing here tonight. So um, first one, number one is this. uh, You just need to jot it down. Uh, Look at your circumstance, or sorry, uh, let your circumstance lead you to greater dependence. Let your circumstance lead you to greater dependence. Uh, I was reading in John chapter 3, uh, this week, uh, just going through the uh, book of John with a small group of guys, and and uh, this passage just really stuck out to me. I'll read a lot of it just to kind of give you the setup, and then there's a clincher verse that you can just hang your hat on, and, and that's what I want you to be able to do tonight, to be able to leave here, to be encouraged, but and to have some scriptures that you can go back to and say, oh, that was helpful. That, that, that's, that's one maybe out of the six that you'll just really grab onto. So here's what's happening. Uh, John chapter 3, verse 22, it says this. It says, after this, Jesus and his disciples went out to the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. So this is John the Baptist doing this. It says, now John was also baptizing at Anon near Salim because there was plenty of water and people were constantly coming to be baptized. uh, this, This was before John was put into prison. Verse 25, an argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and they said to him, Rabbi, the man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, well, like there's a problem here, well, he is baptizing and everybody's going to him. So they're saying this to John the Baptist. John the Baptist's response. To this John replied, A man can receive only what is given him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said I am not the Christ, but I am sent ahead of him. And then listen to this language. is paint a picture here. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That that joy is mine and it is now complete. And here's the clincher. He, Jesus, he must become greater. I must become less. And then he gives a reason why. Verse 31. Here's why. Here's why my my dependence, here's why my view of God becomes greater. The The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth, but the one who comes from heaven is above all. Here's the clincher statement. I want to go back to this. People are coming to John the Baptist, and they're saying, hey, other people are were, bap- you know, Jesus is over there, and he's baptizing people. What do you think about that? And John says, well, it's okay. Because Jesus is above all. And then he makes this statement. It's like, hey, this is what's driving John. And when you think about how do I persevere, when you think about, okay, when I'm in a situation, when I'm in a circumstance that's not good, let your circumstance lead you to greater dependence. John the Baptist says, he must become greater. I must become lesser. When you're in that trial with your your kiddos, Instead of just getting frustrated, instead look at it and go, this is an awesome opportunity for me to take this trial and look to God and say, okay, you know what? God, you are going to have to become greater. Um, here's a, maybe a prayer you could even say, you could, just a, a sentence you could say to God. God, you've got to show up. Um, some of you are facing challenges with your kids. Uh, maybe there's an issue at school, or maybe your kid has a disability. I mean, just huge challenges. Maybe you're a single parent, whatever it is. And or maybe and even in your marriage, you know, conflict in your marriage. And you're like, man, I can't even really think about parenting. This marriage thing is killing us. Um, think about what John said. He said, okay... What does my circumstance, what can it do? It can allow me an opportunity to say, he, Jesus Christ, must become greater. So instead of letting that circumstance frustrate you, how do you persevere through that? Look at it and go, okay, if we're going to really get through this, uh, Jesus, you're going to have to become greater, and I'm going to have to become lesser. Uh, okay, number two. Here it is. If you're taking notes. This one is a, kind of a no-brainer, but I think we forget it, um, so I'm going to mention it. It's, here it is. Pray continually. When you pray, what you do is this. You're saying, okay, I cannot do this, and that is a great statement for you to make. You're saying, okay, I can't do this, but God, you can. I want to read this to you. This is from Amos chapter 4, verse 8. I don't know that I've ever really done any teaching out of this book, but this is so significant that Israel, they're not returning to God, right? They're not in a good place at all. And so they get to this point where it says this in verse 8. It says, this is a great picture. It says, people staggered from town to town for water. Imagine that. I mean, no water. I mean, we think we've got things big on our planet right now. But imagine just something as basic as water. People stagger from town to town for water, but they do not get enough to drink. Yet, you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. You have not returned to me. And I was thinking about that, you know, in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of what do I need to persevere through, have you ever called on the name of God? Like, would God look at any of us and would he go, you're going through that and I'm watching you and I love you, you're my child, I care deeply for you, but you haven't talked to me. <laughs> you haven't called out to me. Um, so anyway, just a great reminder, what do you, should you do? Pray continually. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse uh, 17 says this, uh, very, just a clincher verse, it says this, it says, be joyful always, and then here it is, very simply, pray continually. Paul saying, boy, if you could have, um, if you could have your trial lead you to a good place, a good place would be for it to push you to conversation with God. So if my knee-jerk reaction is when that, whatever child in our home pushes my buttons or whatever, I've got an option. I can either respond to them or I can maybe have this spirit of, oh, God, help me, you know, help us in this or uh, lead us. So, so again, where, where do you go with that? Number three, here it is. Find the gems in the situation. Find the gems in the situation. This is 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18, it, 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 the, the other part of it is, it says, be joyful always, pray continually, and then verse 18, I want to talk about this downstairs tonight too, this is what your kids are learning about tonight. Verse 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Have you ever noticed how different people handle, different, handle challenging situations? Um, I know there have been times where you, you'll, I'll, be talking to, I'll be talking to someone, and they're going through something really hard, but they have, this, they have a different outlook on it. And so they say things like this, yeah, this is really x, y, and z, and blah, 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 blah. And then they say, you know what, but there's, this is really good for us, because this is going to teach us something. And I'm like, wow, that's great. Because you can talk to someone else and they'll say, they'll go through their whole list. This is what's happening and they'll just legitimate hard stuff. And instead of that, they'll just stop right there. But I think scripture would say this. It would say, no, no, no. Go back to it and say, um, what's, this, what kind of, what's the silver lining in it? What's the thing that God might want to teach us as we, as we seek to persevere? Um, how do we do that? I want to go back to that pray continually just giving us an example of this uh, Christina and I, we were having a conversation with this gal that, that works at our kids' school. This is, she's a Christ follower. And, and, uh, and we were just talking about parenting and whatnot. And, and she was describing this uh, situation that she's had with her teen. And and just, and just I remember this a year ago, how uh, interacting with her, and she would talk about just how challenging this child was. And you could tell she's kind of a different person now. And I think a lot of it's just because things are better at home. And uh, she said, you know, we got to a point frustrated. She said, we got to a point where we just, all we could do was just pray. And she said, so we just began to pray and pray and pray for this child. And that sounds very simple. Um, uh, but right, I mean, it's challenging to me. You know, do, do I do that? Do I really go to it? So um, yeah, number two, pray continually. Number three, find the gems in the situation. Here's number four. This is a perspective one. Here it is. Remember God's plan for your life and for your kid's life. Remember God's plan for your life and for your kid's life. John chapter 10, uh, when we were in that series, Nine Things You Simply Must Do, this was really the basis for the whole series. It was that that God desires that we would thrive. Let me just read this to you. This is a picture of Jesus Christ, okay? Uh, Remember God's plan for your life and for your kid's life. John 10, he says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus says this, I have come that you might have life and you might have it to the full. Think about the child in your home right now that causes you the most trouble. Anybody having trouble with that? No. (laughs) It's quick, isn't it, right? Maybe the biggest challenge, right? Think about this. Jesus would say to that child, he would say to your child, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. Don't give up on your kid. Don't do that. And then Jesus says this to to you, to me. He says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd, he lays down his life for the sheep. Now, let, let the significance of this kind of hit you. This is Jesus, your God, talking to you. He says, the hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. Jesus says, I'm not like that. He says, then the wolf attacks the flock and it scatters. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. Verse 14. I'm the good shepherd, Jesus says. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Meaning this, he knows you. Uh, Jesus Christ, he is not absent from your parenting. He knows what you're persevering through. He, He knows exactly what you wrote on here, and he knows why you wrote it. Right? He's not absent from that. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is saying, hey, I I came that you might have life and you might have it, you might thrive. John 15 verse, uh, uh, yeah, 15 verse 15 says this. Again, this on this same, same wavelength of thinking. Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from the Father, I have made known to you. think about this, and, and I love how Dr. Ekman talked about that last week or the week before about this whole idea that we, we forget that God is he 's a friend to his followers. Um, sometimes I just I miss that, you know, and I, I don 't think God is like an angry judge, but I don't know that I equate friend enough. Um, But So just just tuck that away. Remember God's plan for your life and for your kids. God is not absent from you. He wants you to thrive and relationally God looks at you and he doesn't say, I don't know who you are. I don't really care about you. No, God says, I'm the good shepherd and I'll lay down my life for you. I'm not distant from you. All right, number five. Here it is. Find hope in the gospel. Find hope in the gospel. Titus chapter three, verse five. Uh, This is a, kind of a life verse for me. Titus 3, 5 says this. He saved us not because of the righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. So, Jesus saved us not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. Here's why I make this point, 5. Find hope in the gospel. Because when you're really frustrated as a parent, oftentimes, at least I feel this way, I feel like I'm not even worthy to be a parent. I can't believe I lost it. I can't believe, I have to apologize for that again? Again? Like, oh, I feel like a broken record on that apology, you know? Um, but that's just, that's just life. And the gospel would say this. Remind yourself of the hope of the gospel. The gospel would say, okay, I go to Jesus and I say, Jesus, you saved me not because of my righteousness, not because of works of righteousness, but because of, my, of your mercy. Titus 3, 5. And so you can hang your hat on that and you can go, you know what? Even in the midst of the worst of the worst, however you feel about you, in the midst of that parenting struggle, you can go, you know what? But God's grace is not merited based on how I perform. It's not based on my works of righteousness, but God's grace to me is based on his mercy. And that should put a smile on our faces, parents, even in, in the midst of it. So remind yourself of the hope of the gospel. Hebrews 13, 5. Remember this, Jesus says, hey, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I'm not going anywhere. That's who you are in Christ. And the last one is this. I'll just be brief on this. Uh, lead the person in the mirror. Lead the person in the mirror. That means you. That means me. Uh, so when you're in the midst of a trial, I don't know about you, but uh, some of you, you, you've felt this and you've experienced some major, major trials, but you can get consumed with that child's child's. Uh, problem or whatever's going on, it can consume you so much that you can forget what's the greatest gift that you could give to your child. It's this, and, and, and I won't take the time to read it, but I would encourage you to go to Psalm chapter 1 and particularly focus in on verses 2 and 3. Psalm chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. It describes a person that is blessed. And here's what this blessed person has going for them. It says this, blessed is the person that basically, in a nutshell, makes time to hear from God. And so when I say lead the people, lead the person in the mirror, when I say lead yourself, instead of getting so consumed by the challenge that you actually kind of check out of life and you get out of the rhythms that you've got for yourself, instead I'm saying this, in the midst, how do you persevere? I think step one is this, you've got to continue to lead yourself. Um, the most godly people I know, and this sounds really basic, but the most godly people I know are consistently going to God's word just day in and day out. And they're just saying, and don't do this. Don't study God's word like it's a textbook. Don't go to it and go, I've got to go to get smarter. You will get smarter. That'll be a great outcome. But treat it like this. When you lead yourself, say, you know what? I'm going to meet with Jesus today. I'm going to carve out, maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's 15 minutes, half hour, whatever it is for you. I'm going to carve out some time where I'm going to meet with Jesus. Because I know this, blessed is the person who treasures this book. Blessed is the person who puts this um, pattern in their life where they're hearing from God. Um, But if you don't hear from God, if you're not able to get kind of fueled up yourself, you're going to lead on empty, and it's going to be hard to persevere through challenges. And so my last encouragement to you is lead the person in the mirror. So ask yourself the question, okay, is my tank full enough for me to be able to persevere? Um, And the the strongest asset to you would be to say, you know what, I might not understand everything I read, but I'm going to go, I'm going to start in the book of John or a place that's very understandable. And I'm just going to commit to a small portion of my day. And I'm just going to say, God, would you speak to me? Um, I'm not, it's not a textbook. Um, I'm going to it and I'm saying, God, would you meet with me so that I can parent well? And you get your tank filled, lead the person in the mirror, and then, and then see what God will do. So, so here they are, just to recap. Uh, let your circumstance lead you to greater dependence, number one. Number two, pray continually. Number three, find the gems in the situation. Number four, remember God's plan for your life and your kids. Number five, find hope in the gospel. Remind yourself of that. And then number six, lead the person in the mirror. So let's do this. Um, I know for some of you, you might feel like uh, maybe you're just buried in challenge. And uh, I'm going to pray for us. Um, but I, I asked Tim even to just to kind of hang out with me afterwards. Some of you might face a, a significant challenge. And you would just say, man, we've been in, in, the, in a funk for a while. And um, would you pray for us? Would you pray for my kid? Would you pray for my family? And so we'll kind of hang out here if, if you want a, um, a little extra. That would be a blessing to you. We'd love to be able just to pray for you. So let me pray for all of us and then we'll, we'll head out, okay? Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. And Lord, thank you that um, we can just get some, some perspective on parenting and uh, get hopefully just recharged and encouraged. Lord, I thank you for this group. God, I pray that you would give us the courage um, to continue on, to persevere, to look at that challenge and to be steadfast and to keep going, Lord. So we love you and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, you're dismissed. Have a great night. Some things
1: are just meant to be It never comes easily And when it does, I'm already gone